Today's episode of Dungeon Crawlers Radio is brought to you by Gamers Inn, your one-stop location for all your gaming needs. Located in Lehigh City, Utah, their fun and friendly staff will be more than happy to answer any of your gaming needs. Just remember, Gamers Inn, it's where adventures begin. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome everyone to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where we're here with author Aaron Michael Ritchie, and sitting in with us is author DJ Butler, or Dave Butler, however you prefer to call him. He's been on the show multiple times before, and if you don't know his book, it's Witchy Eye, which is still doing awesome. And if you haven't read it, go read it! It's all late. But most importantly, we're going to talk about uh, Aaron's books, which are really unique and interesting, because it's kind of a post-apocalyptic world, and it's... The main characters are women in the Midwest, right? In the West. In the West. In the West. The American West. Okay. And we should clarify that Aaron's written lots of other books, too. Oh, yes. Aaron, yes. Aaron uh, has written uh, genres as diverse as nautical romance. and Nautical uh, romance? Uh, is that not the right word? Nautical? Oh, yeah. We can't talk about that. Oh, oh, Those are, that's secret. Oh, sorry. That's secret. under a pseudonym. That's secret. Aaron has never written any nautical romance in his life. Uh, and I'm not Sawyer Stone. Yeah. So, uh, But he has written for Middle Reader, Middle Reader Adventure Stories, or a, a fairy tale inflected foreign travel adventure story. It's like a retelling of Cinderella. This is Elizabeth's Midnight. Mm-hmm. And it's like a retelling of Cinderella, but with more Nazis. Yeah. Awesome. And with a grandma who may or may not have uh, been romanced by a fairy prince at one time. Yes. Uh, he's uh, he has written uh, for a lot of young adult stuff. Uh, some of my favorite young adult stuff, including "Long Live the Suicide King," which really should have won him prizes uh, if you weren't so timid about the whole thing. I was uh, timid. He was a little timid. That was back in the day. But yeah. it was about a boy who um, whose decision to commit suicide. And this is a realistic fiction. Yes. Uh, sort of in a John Green kind of uh, vein, but better, but good, but good. You know. Oh, uh, poor John Green. Yeah. Well, you know, he's he can. He can suck it. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, John, I didn't say that. Yeah, Aaron is your friend. So, uh, and that's about a boy whose decision to commit suicide, in a way, kind of frees him to see the wonder of life uh, and wow. find a way back to healing. It really, and it's really, my wife woke me up in the middle of the night because I was trying to figure out how to pitch it. Yeah. And she's like, Your book is really about finding meaning in unexpected places. It really is. That's yeah. cool. And it's funny. And there's yeah. donuts. And there's donuts. There's, there's donuts. There's donuts. Donuts are always good. Donuts are a major plot uh, element, actually. <laughs> they really kind of are. Yeah. Well, you know, Chekhov said uh, if if you put if you put donuts on the <laughs> mantle in Act One, they have to be eaten in Act Three, right? Yeah. And if you want to eat a donut donuts, in Act Three, yes. yeah, Chekhov's famous donuts, then you have to put donuts on the mantle in Act One. Yes. Uh, the Never Prayer is another favorite of mine by Aaron Michael Ritchie, which is a young adult romance about angels and demons and a girl who falls in love with one of each at the same time and cannot really be sure which is which. Yes. 
Which is which? That's kind of my supernatural, edgy kind of like, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. So mostly, mostly he has, and he's got some forthcoming stuff I'm very excited about, which I, which is a secret projects maybe I can't reveal, but but mostly he's he's written one-offs. So the Juniper Wars is a real, uh, in that sense. Uh, is a real divergence from prior practice. Am I getting that wrong? That's my sense. Am I mistaken? No, this is my man. The Juniper Wars, uh, which is the first two books are out, and the third book will come out in June um, of 2017. It was really kind of my stake in the sand. I'd written all these other books because I was like, okay, I want to write a book. And I had all these ideas, but I really was like, okay, I'll write it, and if it does well, then I'll write a sequel. Right. Right. And the Juniper Wars, I had this idea, and it's uh, it's a book about some. I pitch it as um, it's cowgirls with machine guns on a post-apocalyptic cattle drive, which is awesome. And I was like, this book, the and the and the and the characters, and and I was like, okay, I'm gonna write a big, huge, long series with characters I love and everything I like about in stories. So I have kind of um, I have a, a amoral gunslinging priest who's trying to find his faith. Uh, I have a, a gunslinging sister who is looking for a fight she can't win. That kind of tragic, kind of like um, that great, you know, renegade trope. Yeah. Um, and then um, I have a drug addict sniper, and there's issues of God, and you know, how can how can how can we be in a world uh, and function in a world and keep our faith when we are just beset by all of these troubles and there's lots of troubles in my world yeah so no yeah. no i mean it sounds really interesting so what kind of stimulated that that idea because it's definitely different than what you've done in the past um you know I, I was i was biking home and i live in colorado and i love i love colorado i love the west uh and i had grown up watching westerns with my dad oh, yeah. and you know uh of course clint eastwood and in, in, in the classic spaghetti westerns and sergio leone and um, but also like Audie Murphy and those old black and whites oh. and you know, where there's, and when dude, when the cowboy starts singing, I was like, no, 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 get to the gunfights. Yeah. There was like, like five minutes of gunfight and like an hour and a half of like prep, um, different time, different time. So I always wanted to write a, a Western, but I was biking home and I was listening to a band, a Denver local band uh, called 16 horsepower. Oh yeah. Which okay. is David Eugene Edwards. David Eugene Edwards. And I was like, Oh my God! I want to write kind of a twisted sci-fi western. I'm a huge fan of the Gunslinger, yeah, Stephen King's Gunslinger, um, and so I wanted to. And I thought about putting my sci-fi western on another planet, but I wanted to keep it on Earth because I love how in the Gunslinger, the uh, uh, Roland walks into the uh, old timey western bar, uh, saloon, and there's somebody playing Hey Jude <laughs> on the piano, and I love that kind of like it's our world but not our world and. Um, so yeah, so I, it was 16 horsepower and I saw, and I love like family drama. Mm -hmm. So I was, uh, I was a big fan of Kung Fu, the seventies Kung Fu yeah. movies where the brothers in the monastery, but they end up fighting one another. One turns good, one turns bad. Yeah. I love the so supernatural. I think they do that family dynamic. Really you know, well, yeah. Dean Winchester and the single man tier. Um, and so I, I was like, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And I started with, okay, I'll write three books and then three books. And I'm like, no, the story I want to tell is really going to be six books. So. 
And we should say the first one's called Dandelion Iron. That's how you're going to find it on Amazon. Yeah. I prefer the term Dandelion. Dandelion? Dandelion. When you say Dandelion, I'm like, it's Dandelion. And my, my books are... Um, Dandelion? They're young adult in the fact that there's lots of high drama. There's uh, they're, The main character is a 16-year-old girl. But they really kind of... they. I, I have a lot of adult readers as well. Okay. So... Um, Dandelion makes it does sound it, sweet, it, and my book is not sweet. Does the book spell out that you have to pronounce it Dandelion? No. Someone like says because I don't. <laughs> this recall is the that. first time I've ever like correct people. This is. Uh, I just like people talking about my book, so they say Dandelion, and I'm like, that's fine. This is like this is like a looking glass moment for me. It's like the other side of the of the of the Rockies over in the front range. They say Dandelion. <laughs> they do say Dandelion. We also say crossed. Across. So we go across the street, not All across. Right. No. All right. Good to know. <laughs> so yeah, but no, I love it. I I um. So I'm out of all the books I've written. You know, a lot of authors say, "Which is your favorite book?" And yeah, the one I'm selling right now. That's <laughs> right. But this one, I really, I can honestly say, um, this this was my this had this is my favorite. This is I wrote. You know, it came the the first draft just flowed out of me. And Kavatik of Weller's voice, um, Kavatik is the main character. And actually, that is Charlotte's last name. Hmm. So, and I got that name from my eight-year-old daughter at the time. She was writing a story, and she used the she called her character Kavatica. I'm like, that's a great name. Oh, yeah. So yeah, that came from my. I, I I asked her permission, and we had lawyers come in and sign some contracts. So I'm yeah, like, you know, you know. Good. pay her a license. Yeah, yeah, yeah she yeah, gets per like, copy yeah, royalty. That's right. Well played. Well played. Yes. Her very nice. No, I mean westerns are great. Uh, I grew up watching them as well, which is why my next one that I'm writing is actually a Western as well. Oh, it's right It's more on. of a weird West, but you know, there's just something about the the Old West. It's kind of like America's medieval period, and it's just so much fun and enjoyable. Oh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Lonesome Dove as well. Yeah. Um, and kind of that, and that's, that's really the American story, and that's why I did a cattle drive, was really mm-hmm. Lonesome Dove. Uh, but it's really America's kind of odyssey story, right? I mean, it's it's funny. It's there's commerce, right? The American odyssey is not about finding home. It's about taking cattle and money, making money, moving them across the, this dry, wretched, hard landscape. Yeah. You know, the American West is not friendly. No, um, it's that's funny. It's there's like this. We Americans, we we love we love commerce. Well, no, that's true. It's uh, historically, if you look at at a sober uh, historical account of the Old West, the number of actual gunfights is is vanishingly small. You were actually quite a bit safer among the uh, people of the Western Range who were shopkeepers and pioneers than you were walking around in Philadelphia or a big city. Yeah. But it is it is our American mythology. It's the mythology of the frontier, right? When we we when we arrived, we were leather stockings and buckskinners, right? Uh, and uh, and we've needed a frontier uh, for the for the first two hundred years of our existence at least. So uh, that for a long time that was that was the myth of the frontier. It was our our psychic, our national the myth of our national psyche. Oh, definitely. And and it's yeah. kind of this, uh, you know, exploration. It's kind of this, you know, and it's an internal journey too. Because I mean, Kavatica starts off. She's very. Um, the the other the other really the piece that really influenced the Juniper Wars was the rise of steampunk and I mm-hmm. uh, I, I really wanted to kind of capture some of that aesthetic and so uh, in my in my story electricity doesn't work in five Western states so Colorado Nevada Utah Wyoming Montana don't have electricity 
So electricity doesn't, you know, uh, function. And so they use steam. And so, like, for example, um, they, they have a truck that they converted to have a steam engine. Wow. And they burn, of course, there's not a lot of wood on the Great Plains, mm-hmm. so they burn cow patties. Cow ships, of course. Nice. So. Yeah, that's good. So and reeks. I have, so like, Zeppelins as well. And it reeks. <laughs> so that's interesting because your story, uh, so if we've kind of followed this train through, you know, you, if, if, if this American mythology is so interesting to you, what you've done is inject into it uh, teenage girls. Yeah. Right? That's yes. who you're, that's you. This, this is, this is, this is Lonesome Dove. About teenage girls, yeah. With with an all, it's well, Dave. You you're 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 actually you're blurbed on the on the cover on the on the cover of the new version, saying it's one part Lonesome Dove, one part Little House on the Prairie, one part Mad Max Fury Road. Sweet. And what's funny is, is I was gonna start. I was gonna do boys, right? Because yeah. I was gonna do brothers, and then women were gonna be rare. Um, but you know, I I read some statistics. They're like seventy five percent of all books written have. Are, are have male protagonists mm-hmm. and I'm like 75 percent and you know most women and uh, I, I don't want to generalize but most readers I think are women and I, th- I think statistically they are I think that's right and so they're reading books about boys and I'm like well you know I'm just gonna flip the script I also love the fact I find this fascinating that 51% of our population is female and 49% is male. And generally because boys die early because we have the here, hold my beer, look at this syndrome. Um, And so, and when I was in high school, I went to an all boys school and I had this feeling like, man, I am never going to date anybody ever because there just didn't seem like, I, I seemed like there was like 70% boys. And, yeah. Well, there was actually 100% boys. I was going to say, are you at a boys' That's Catholic a problem. school? That was a boys' Catholic school. Regis Jesuit High School. And um, maybe, yeah. So I, I, I kind of wanted to capture that longing where Kavatica is like, okay, I'm I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to. This mm-hmm. is not going to, you know. Uh, and especially she's growing up in this very repressed. It's the new morality. And so it's very, very repressed, uh, very very religious religious in the worst sense of the word uh and so it's really her breaking free from that i that those strictures of strictures yeah of of that dogmatic so and really this is what you had hoped as a kid to do yeah break free, break free. yeah i'm still trying man catholic <laughs> it goes deep it goes deep well it's religious isn't that isn't that latin to bind together again to bind together so is it the emphasis on the binding religion on the worst part Yes. Just just tying tying you up. I'm interested in this idea of flipping the script. I, I'd like to explore where this comes from. I mean, is this is this um, your desire to flip the script and write women? Is this uh, is this compassion for women readers? Is it a personal interest in women's point of view? Does it have anything to do with your personal family situation? I mean, is that this? Is is this is this political and ideological? Is it purely cynical marketing? Oh, I'm interested. Dave. Uh, no, I'm, I'm no, no, no. There's no dude. I wish I could be cynical in marketing. <laughs> um, no, it was really, it was really a. I wanted if there's 75 percent of all books are boys. If I can write six books that are not boys, I'm adding to that percentage. Yeah. So part of me, part of me is that, and the idea of representation. Um, and I, 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 I'm surrounded by women. I have two teenage daughters now, and I have a very very powerful wife. 
um, which I like. I like being in a relationship with, 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 with my wife because she's so powerful. Um, and my mom is quite the mover and shaker. And so yeah. I, I had kind of all these women in my life um, that, you know, and I think there's something interesting. It would have been an, it would have been an interesting, it would have been a different book if it had written from a boy's point of view. But this girl's point of view, and I like that Kavatika isn't a gunslinger. So she's, she's not, she's the main character, but her skill is more of, you know, kind of rallying people. Mm -hmm. She's an engineer. And so she fixes things. But, it, you know, in the first, in the first three books, she's not good in a fight. Yeah. And that's why she have Renweller, who is, who's psychotic. So. It sounds like she's a lot like Kaylee from uh, the Firefly series. Where oh, she, Kaylee! She was secretly kind of pulling strings back yes. and forth, but she was the engineer. and Very much so. And yeah. I loved Firefly. And, and actually, I was never going to write this book. So I had yeah. I came up with this idea, and I was never going to write it um, because sci-fi westerns is kind of a... Is, is kind of, and sometimes cynical marketing, I pitch it as a post-apocalyptic steampunk adventure. Mm -hmm. Um and so I was never going to write it, and and I was and Firefly was like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I didn't really understand the genius of Joss Whedon at the time, and my friend said, if you don't watch Firefly, we can't be friends. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, it's right. only 13 episodes in a movie, and I started watching it, uh, and I I I, whenever I watch it, even now I'm watching it again with my wife, and and I cry because it's so there's so much passion. And there's so much power in Firefly. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you could just see Joss Whedon. And I think it was because he was going to be canceled every week that he just, like, put everything in it that he possibly could. And mm -hmm. I feel that. The theme song, I'm getting teary right now. And so I was, like, watching it. And when Kaylee gets shot in the first episode, oh, yeah. I was, like, weeping, saying, if they kill Kaylee, I'm not going to watch this stupid show. <laughs> And I was like, okay, if Joss Whedon can make such a commitment to his sci-fi western, I can too. Nice. And so, yeah. It's born from the fires of Firefly. <gasps> yeah. And, and nice. uh, you know, Westworld is actually a remake of oh Juniper Oh, my gosh. No, yeah. West Juniper no, dude, West Westworld West doesn't Anthony have Hopkins a soul. Hopkins is playing Kavatica Weller. Uh, well, I mean, Westworld has no soul. Westworld, Westworld was realism. a movie originally yeah. like back in the day, but... Wow, the remake! Oh, it's is so just good, amazing. I, I haven't seen it. It's so good, but it's so, there's such this kind of nihilism, yeah. nihilism, nihilism. Yeah, that it's just like, you know, I, I after I watched it, I had to I had to like watch Glee because I was I had to like clear my palate. Oh yeah, I was just I got done watching it. I'm just gutted. It's so good though. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. But again, that's more. It's more sci-fi than western. Um, well, it catches you off guard because it feels western in the beginning. And then they yank it out from you. If you miss like that first couple of minutes of right, right, talking right. to her. Because um, the first time I saw it, I jumped right in. You see James Marston waking up and he's on the train and he's wandering through town. I'm like, all right, we got a Western here. And then suddenly it, what? <laughs> it was weird. But I was hooked. You know, oh, yeah. and then it's, you have to watch the rest of the season. It's genius. The thing I was thinking about, like, I was like, okay, is did this have to be a Western, right? I mean, it made sense in the 70s because mm -hmm. Western was still like... I mean, Pretty big at that time. The Western genre was, you know, 50 years ago is like superheroes, movies, oh, and yeah. TV shows today. I mean, it was this powerful genre and that's what you went to see. You went to yeah. see Westerns. And so in the 70s, it was kind of the tail end of that. They were doing something different. So I was wondering, why did they keep the Western aesthetic in Westworld? And I realized it's because they needed that 
frontier, that lawlessness, that yeah. you go there and you can kill people or you can, you know, go to the brothel. You can do whatever you want. And so it needed that. It, it, if it was like a pirate show, if it would, it would be a different, yeah, be a different thing. And so that's why in my books, um, the Juniper Wars, there is, there is that lawlessness. There mm-hmm. is like you hit the edge of the juniper, and there's a fence. And on one side is America, the United States, and we have we've cured cancer, and we have perfect energy. And then the other side of that fence is chaos. And I love that kind of. And in the future, in books four through six, I go through that kind of that fence mentality, or might I say that wall mentality, yeah. that we have America and we have other. Yeah. But what happens when the other are, you know, blonde girls yeah. who speak English, who speak American, who have American culture, who, you know. Hmm. That is interesting. So it's not skin color, and it's, it's like this socioeconomic, oh, you're from the juniper. Oh, what does that mean? Yeah. You're wearing jeans. You're on the oh other God. side of the tracks. Yeah. On the other side of the wall. So, yeah. So, I, I it's, yeah, I, I, I love it so much. I love it wow. so much. No, I, I love the passion that's coming out from it. Now, because you have this section in the United States, I mean, how, and, you know, we got Arizona and New Mexico that are not part of that, right? Yeah, New Mexico is, Arizona was cut off. So, okay. it's kind of this circle, yeah. So, what about, like, California and... Oregon and that. Are they still part of the U.S. or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's this... Because we still have jet airplanes. I mean, like I yeah, said... we still it, have airplanes in that. We... The, elect, the electrical current doesn't function in the Juniper. And electronics are wiped. Out. Okay. Um, there was an event in, in my story. Um, uh, I was trying to think... Because I wanted to create this, you know, kind of steampunk setting. And so my friend says, what if they nuked Yellowstone? And I'm like, well, if they nuke Yellowstone, it would blow up the world. And I talked to this um, geophysicist who has a PhD in uh, geology mm-hmm. and, and physics. physics, and he and we came up with the idea of a flood basalt. So there was a flood basalt that hit uh, India, the Deccan Traps, I, th- I believe. And we don't really know what would happen to kind of the electromagnetic field yeah. if that occurred today. So he's like, it's a reach, but nobody knows. And so yeah, there's a you know willing willingness to suspend disbelief. But, um, so yeah, so electrical current doesn't work. So as long as you stay away from kind of this bubble around Yellowstone, you're safe. Okay. And so, and then you have the flood basalt kind of slowly creeping toward Oregon. And, um, wow. But the, but it's static. And so what I really like is, uh, like in book three, uh, there's this big, huge fight and on electrical current sometimes works and sometimes don't. <laughs> and so like the big, you know, nasties come in their electric ships and they like crash and like, Kavatica uses because she's in this, you know, this steam powered truck and they're like chasing after and like the electricity sometimes works and then does it and then they take advantage of that. Oh, it's so epic. No, that sounds amazing. It is epic. It's epic. So, okay, so six books. Six books. Third one is coming out in June. Yes. So at this point, the listeners can go pick up books one and two. Yes. Read them. And by the time, well, hopefully they'll have them done by June. If not, they, they could have book three. So titles. we got Daniel Dan Dolion Iron. Thank you. Yeah. And you probably sell Kill Doer Wine. Oh, come on. How do you say it over Kildeer there? Kill Wins. Okay. I don't know. I'm just, I, you're front range accent. I'm not Kildeer, <laughs> the front, my thick, my thick Colorado <laughs> accent. Dan Dolion. Okay. If I was from Omaha, it would be accent neutral because yeah. that's where the visa companies are. Um, <laughs> the support. 
Uh, yeah, so it's uh, Deadline Iron, Kilder Winds, and Thistle Inferno. Uh, the fourth one is Bindweed Highway. Uh, I'm in edits now. And then I'm working on the fifth one is Needlegrass Girls. And the sixth one, which is half written, is uh, Cottonwood Messiah. So they have that kind of that Western. You got that Western feel. You got plant names tied yeah. in. Nice. And I'm also inviting other authors to write uh, stories in, set in the world. Mm -hmm. So Mario Acevedo, who was the author of the uh, Felix Gomez vampire books, wrote a story. Um, Aton Cullen, who uh, wrote The Unincorporated Man, who's a tour author. He wrote the first, actually, Juniper War story, Kevin Eikenberry. So I have, I've, I have on my website, uh, uh, www.aaronmritchie.com, you can find stories written in the Juniper um, by a variety of other authors. Nice. And so Quincy J. Allen uh, is going to come out next month. Travis Heerman's coming out this month. DJ Butler has written a Juniper War story about Mormons, and it's so Stuff. great. Mormons yeah. in, 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 a, uh, in a the Junipers, Utah. Nice. Very nice. So for those of you out there, go out, check out the book. Uh, so it's Aaron... MRitchie.com. Yep. Okay. So check out his website. You'll be able to see the books there. Go pick them up. Sounds like you're not going to regret it because it's going to be tons of fun. Explosions. Gunfights. Steampunk. Gunfights. Lots of gunfights. And cow chips. Wait, iron? Iron? Deadline iron. Iron? Iron. Okay. Just checking. Oh, yeah. you're, you're <laughs> so Isn't like iron or something? <laughs> <laughs> you're killing me. All right, folks. With that said, we're out of here. We'll catch you next time.